You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, happy Saturday. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week podcast. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. Quick turnaround for the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody, by the way. But they take on the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday afternoon. So we'll start things off with the Out of Structure podcast, recapping that tough Monday night football loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. After that, it's Chiefs coast to coast. Discussing the Chiefs' wide receiver problems moving forward. Then we'll catch up with the Great British Chief Show, taking our first look at this matchup against the Raiders. Then it's Show and BK discussing what the Chiefs need to do when they have the ball on Sunday to take care of business in Las Vegas. After that, it's Kingdom Keys returning to preview this matchup even more ahead of Sunday's Week 12 game. That's all coming up on today's Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week. At some point, though, Stags, you are who you are. And the discouraging part to me about this was Matt Nagy, after the bye week, talked about the things they focused on going into the bye week or over the bye week, excuse me, looking back, right? They're self-scouting. Turnovers, penalties were two of the biggest things they needed to correct. What were the two biggest things that affected that second half, Stags? It was turnovers and penalties, even though that interception did happen in the first half as well. And you got to add um, drops to that list. I mean, I, I know oh, they yeah. had, uh, you know, penalties were, were an issue, and maybe some of those were declined, but they, you know, they ended up with a similar total. You now, know, let me tell you why penalties were an issue. They actually had a penalty on every, uh, the first drive, uh, one of the first plays of the first three drives of the second half. It set them back um, on each time, the first three uh, plays the of the second half. Of those, yeah. Then they had the Creed Humphrey false start which was kind of BS, but, uh, but then, you know, the intentional grounding is also a mistake on Mahomes's part. I mean, uh, you know, that's also a, a 15 yard penalty that, that takes you out of position, even though, you know, he had, he had a, you know, a, a chance on that fourth and 25, uh, we can get to that. But yeah, that's, that's rough by the way, 15 yards for, for intentional grounding. It seems pretty, pretty harsh. I don't know. I, Not, I get I it though, because book, but that, that I, sucks. I like it though. Cause don't let quarterbacks get away with, you know, not, you know, if you're getting sacked, you know, some, if there's nowhere to go with it, the guy deserves a sack, you know, I mean, I, I like the rule. Um, Mahomes uh, just has to find a way to like find, you know, just throw it at somebody. He just, he didn't know where the line of scrimmage was. He just threw it behind the line of scrimmage. That's all it was. But all that to say is, the thing why it's so discouraging to me is this is week 11. You know, this is after the bye week. You know, this is when the team needs to be playing at its peak, you know, and to see them go their third straight game. I know everyone's heard the stat now, but third straight game without scoring points in the second half. That is really disappointing. And, and the reason they're not scoring points in the second half, Mahomes talked about this in the post game, is because teams know they're going to run in the second half when they have these leads, right, against the Dolphins, against the Eagles. They've had these leads where, yeah, obviously they're going to want to run the ball. So the team is going to force them to pass the ball, force them to win the game by comp- getting completions, you know, uh, sustaining drives by by c- catching passes. And they haven't been able to do that, uh, you know, against Miami or against Philly. And it all came down. Both games came down. Both games came down to number 11, dropping a deep pass, when he should have caught it, I was over it, Stags. You should have heard me at the stadium. If anyone was sitting in one, section 121, that was me. And you know exactly what I was saying about MBS. That was me, yes. No, if, 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 you, if you were sitting anywhere near, that was me letting him hear it after that play. Because I had a pretty good view, man. I was right there, right in front of it. It was the game-winning touchdown pass, pretty much. The Eagles would have had some time to answer, but... I'm over it, Stags. This 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 guy, you know, I know our, our AP staff had a great tweet about it. You know, what exactly do you do here? Shout out, you know, office space. That's how I'm feeling, Stags. And so 
that's where it's just these same issues are still happening in week 11 and that's the problem and this pass offense needs to be the reason they win and it just feels like it's not going to be if this team wins it's going to be because of defense it's going to be because of ball control i just don't know if that's going to be you know a recipe for winning a super bowl this year stags i don't know what do you think about that yeah, I mean, I've been preaching for for offense, uh, for for more balance on the offense, and using Isaiah Pacheco yes. as a as a building block. I mean, he was great this week. Um, he's really somebody that they should build around. He's somebody that gives energy, somebody that gets extra yardage. Uh, Rasheed Rice is the same way. They they've got some of the pieces there to build a balanced offense. But yeah, if if teams are going to say we're going to take away the run and force you to throw the ball uh, against Mahomes. It seems seems crazy. It seems yeah, intuitive. Exactly. Right? Uh, you, exactly. You've got you know the the best quarterback in the NFL, and you're going to try to force them to force the ball into his hands. You know, it, it is a it's a really strange place to be with this offense, and and I don't know, you know, I don't know what they do mid season here to change it. You and I were talking before the the broadcast. They were like, hey, you know, what does it look like in 2024? What does this room look like? You know, that's what everyone should be. Yeah. What's that? No, that's what that's how everyone should be thinking at this point about the receiver room because there's no in-season fix. We're past the trade deadline. There's no free agent. They're not going to sign T.Y. Hilton or Sammy Watkins or I know I I I had a buddy shout out my guy uh, send me something like that this morning like you know hey T.Y. Hilton's out there you know uh, that's not the fix guys what, it's it's what year it's, is it yeah. This this team is winning in this. If this team wins this year, it is going to be despite of the wide receiver position, and it's not going to be. It's not going to get any better until twenty twenty four, and that's that's all there is to it. I, I, that really is. And I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah. I'm if, and we have a question about this. Honestly, maybe this is a good time to ask this question. I really, I, I, I love this question. Honestly, from Super Bowl fifty seven champs at MB Pat Mahomes. At what point do you give Pacheco twenty five plus carries and run an Alex Smith style offense? Sags, I know you love that question because at some point, doesn't it have to like, don't we have to kind of get there or, or or is that the solution? I don't know if it is, but whatever they're doing right now in the second half sure isn't working. Yeah. I mean, if it's an Alex Smith offense in what was it? 2017. Uh, absolutely. They had some deep shots. They had, you know, that was a great offense. Uh, you know, I, I just can't imagine that happening. You know, I, I do think I agree the solutions aren't going to come with personnel changes in, in midseason. This could, could come with play calling changes. It could come with an emphasis on some of the in-house options. Yes. Um, spin cycle on uh, J spin five, two, five. How about more multiple tight end sets? It worked early in the, in the game. How about more running backs and wide receivers out of the backfield? How about rice and Tony getting more of the targets? Um, you know, Rasheed rice burner account on Twitter being forced to watch Rasheed Rice taking a short out for 14 yards while putting one of the best corners on his knees just to see him jog up the field and have Justin Watson get 11 targets has to be a felony. So, I mean, I think all of these kind of get at the same idea is that this is a, a group that is not going to change who's there, but can you change who, who, who gets the ball? Which of those changes do you think would be most effective? Yeah, let's 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 dissect you know all these all these questions here because I do love a lot of a lot of what's being said right here. There's a lot of different points I want to make off of what's being said in these questions because first of all, you know the Alex Smith offense that doesn't necessarily mean just giving you know the handing the ball off over and over and being a run heavy offense. What that does mean though, we all knew it. We all watched the Alex Smith offense. It's just creativity out out the the yin yang, right? Just like you know, option plays, you know, and then obviously you don't want to put Mahomes on too many options where he's running with Alex. You felt a little bit better about letting him be the battering ram, I guess, but you know, more just, you know, creativity in terms of, you know, just, just trick plays. I mean, just like things that are, you know, uh, you know, things that are going to get the, the ball in the hands of guys that are making plays like Tony and rice, like in, in creative ways. I mean, that's what the Alex Smith offense was, was getting playmakers, the ball in space in creative ways, the screen game. Why have we not seen the screen game be a more effective part of the offense. And in the Alex Smith era, that was our favorite part of the offense. That was Andy Weed was known for. That's really mind blowing. I was calling for it, especially this week. We'd give yeah, the right. defense plays, you know, they ran the ball better than I expected them to be able to, but you, you complement that with the screen game and, and you've got something cooking. Um, I'm, I'm not sure why or where that's been. 
I know. And so that's one part of that Alex Smith offense part. But no, there's just to, to, to dumb it down. It's just more so like, hey, like just stop being a spread offense. Be more the West Coast offense. Like that's really what it is. Like Andy is a hybrid. He runs he runs the spread and the West Coast together. That's what makes it so unstoppable or just so good is because it has so many. The, the But the West Coast part is more conservative, is more, hey, you know, time of possession. Let's let's win this game with defense, maybe. The spread part's more scoring. He needs to just lean. The dial just needs to go a little more to the West Coast part, right? And so that's where Spin Cycle talks about maybe some of these more, these tight end sets, these multiple tight end sets. I would actually disagree to an extent because there's no pass threat out of those. That's right. I don't, there's no pass threat out of the 13 personnel anymore. When they had Jody Fortson, teams had to still respect the fact that they could throw out of it. And so they weren't maybe necessarily selling out for the run. So you could get some runs. And then at the same time, teams were just in their base personnel. So then you could throw out of it, just take advantage of linebackers trying to find forts and gray and Kelsey all over the field. But bell I've said it all. I've said it, you know, I don't need to keep going over bells. Just not given that same threat. I, I wish they'd give you know maybe one of these UDFAs that they have on the practice squad. Just, just a little, just a little sprinkle of a chance, you know, down the stretch of the season against these Raiders, Packers, Patriots teams you're playing, just, just see what you, what you got in them. But I will say, just just real quick, with Tony, he's mentions the running backs and receivers out of the backfield need to be more of a focus. Yeah, I, I did like how they were using Tony out of the backfield uh, first half. That was really cool. Yeah. I want to see more of that. But Tony did get banged up, right? He hurt his hand. We saw that. Uh, you know, I, I, I actually got a good view of that uh, on the sideline. Andy was kind of, uh, you know, talking with him, and he was just in agony. He really was. He was kind of, you know, going up and down, kind of holding his hand for a second. So, you know, they might have been kind of cautious with, even though he did return punts after that, he might have been cautious with, you know, playing him too much. And Andy said it, you know, in the post game, he said, and I quote, it's mainly been, it's mainly the health part. I've been cautious with his knee when talking about Tony and, and the reps he's gotten. So there, there is a chance, you know, when, if, if, if the really important game comes into, you know, January, Tony's usage goes ways up, way up. But, but yeah, I do think his last point race and Tony need to get the majority of the targets at wide receiver is a correct run uh, one. If this offense wins to be the most successful, right? What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. Well, I'll keep repeating it until that actually happens is let's focus on, uh, Rice primarily with with Tony complimenting him and and Isaiah Pacheco as as the the cornerstones of the offense uh, along with Travis Kelsey. I mean I think we we do have to start thinking about that Travis Kelsey conversation a little bit more. I know it's been happening yeah. in the media a little bit. Uh, you know, he he looked a little bit slower, a little bit more tentative this week uh, than usual. Uh, showed some frustration. I think the the coach had some frustration with him as well. Uh, I don't put that fumble on him. I mean he got. He got got it punched out. It's going to happen, but it, it is a it was a frustrating game for Kelsey and and a little bit worrisome for things to come there. So I think you got to find the next wave, the next generation, and the next uh, identity for this offense. And to me, it is those guys who can get some yards after the catch. It's some of those guys that are that are energy givers. And I think that's what you the best thing you can say for Pacheco all season and last season. Uh, he's an energy giver, right? He's a spark plug. Tony was that way this week again, too. Even uh, as a punt returner, I put him on the winner's list in, in that article just because, you know, the, the guy just refused to get tackled on, on punt returns and, and really was trying to bring some energy and trying to make something happen. Uh, those are the types of players that you want to focus on. Yeah, I would say the most juiced up the stadium was was that one punt return he had where he he almost broke it and. Honestly, I, I we were all kind of saying he he had an angle to the left. I think if he would have just broke left and kind of darted for it, and because he he does have a tendency to just continue making moves and making dudes miss, um, which I love. It was it was electric, man. I was fired up as, after that punt return, and that's what Tony gives to the offense too. And so that's where you hope you know the team can get him more involved. And it is just you know something where you know at some point you can't just you can't hold anything back, right? At some point. You have to just let him you know, play as much as he says, right? I was about to make that point is not just on Tony, but just in general. We keep saying, oh, Andy Reid's holding something back. They're holding something right. back for the playoff run. I don't know that they were holding anything back from the Eagles here. You know, this is a this is a team that, you know, it, it, this was a, a slugfest, really. This was a, a, a big game. Do, do you think they were holding something back this week? No, I would I would only say like Tony's – like snap counts. Like I would say maybe if we were in the playoffs in this game, Tony does play more. Cause again, I mean, 
he he even said it in the game, and I know he was he, he was kind of talking about you know leading into the game how that he hasn't been involved uh, leading into this game, and he kind of said, yeah, we got him more involved this game, but it's still only twenty eight percent of the snaps. I feel like he's proving that he's one of the best guys. Him and Rice are the best guys with the ball in their hands after the catch. That's what this offense needs ninety percent of the time when they're throwing the ball. So yeah, I I think if it was in a playoff game. They'd get him the ball more, maybe, but that's the only thing. I know I I don't think Andy's like holding anything. He wasn't holding anything back play calling wise. They wanted to win this game because if they win this game, Stags, they're the only team with a two loss, the uh, two losses in the AFC. They have a one game lead on everybody, and they have a head to head tiebreaker against two of the, I think three or four teams with a three loss record. So that's right. They would have been sitting pretty if they would have won this game. Maybe this is just me being brainwashed by the kingdom. You know, I, I have been adopted by the kingdom over the past three years, but I there was no doubt in my mind that Casey was getting getting six that drive, and it didn't look pretty. They were faced with a lot of third downs, and Kelsey had a key drop on third down just to drive before that, but like, or that was earlier in that drive, but like, I still was confident that they were gonna get six. And to me, I think the drop happened on was it a second down? Third down. Well, the NVS drop. Yes. That was second down. So it was third and 10 after that. Yeah. Mentally, dog. Mentally. It, it just. It. Mahomes tries to be company, man. We talk about him towing the line a lot and saying all the right things. I know he said a lot of things in post game, but it was the expression was all over his face, dog. I mean, <laughs> like it. It. How valuable is MVS to this team? I'll answer it and pass it back to you, Mr. Point Guard. Um, his value has dropped tremendously. And I said coming into this year that I thought if he took the biggest step forward that the offense could take a step forward, but he has regressed immensely. And there were points in time, I think he had 81 targets his first year here in KC, where like you could tell that the chemistry and the timing wasn't all the way there, but there was still the potential of like trust and the role in the offense and the opportunity to get to take advantage of some of those plays. Bro, the trust and the opportunity seem seemingly have vanished. I don't, I don't really see the value there much anymore. And and obviously these things could change, and it's it's a moving target. But we we saw rock bottom uh, on Monday Night Football for for Marquez Valdez Scantling in Kansas City. Yeah, and this is the unfortunate part about this answer I'm about to give. I think he still does have value but it's by default because th- this room, it, where else do you go? Um, now I will say this. I-, I do think it's getting to the point now where you have to treat Rasheed Rice and Kandarius Tony as your top two wide receivers. Kandarius Tony. Yeah. And live with the results. I mean, in limited touches and snaps last night, he actually showed a little pop. You know, um, even in the punt return game, he showed a little pop. You know, he took a couple big hits and got back up. I knew he had a little, I think, a hand thing going on, but he came back in the game. I, I, I just think when you're looking at the room, those are your two highest ceiling guys, right? I mean, I, I don't – it has to be. 22 catches for 139 yards in the score for Kadarius Tony so far this year. I'm actually surprised he has that many catches. <laughs> That actually kind of surprised me. I know a lot of them are just like one yard, <laughs> little wide receiver screens and stuff like that. So maybe that's why it doesn't feel like he even has that many, which I know is not that much at all. But when you're comparing it to MVS, who only has 14 and is getting double the snaps, it, it, it does seem feel like a lot. But I mean, how about Justin Watson getting 11 targets? I, is, is that a result of he's the only one getting open? Or is that just who Mahomes just trusts the most. Like, I lean trust a little bit more in that. But, Mark, honestly, out of this game, I'm not making drastic changes. And I saw you mention on X this, and it, I've seen a couple people say this, like, this is who Kansas City is at this point. Like, they haven't reinvented the wheel. They haven't changed who they are from week one. Like, this is virtually the same offense, the same routes, the same concepts. Like, if we catch the ball, we're not having these large conversations about the wide receiver room still. I mean, yeah, we're probably still nitpicking. We're probably still saying, hey, are they still getting the most ju- juice from the squeeze of the lemon? But, like, I'm not – the sky is not falling in Kansas City. That's probably one of the biggest things that I wanted to get on here and say today. Like, they're one play away. 
two plays away and, and really three plays away. And I saw a lot of the screenshots floating around uh, uh, from being 10 and 0. Like uh, the scheme still works. The trust is still there. Mahomes is still making plays. Like the running game was the most effective it had ever been against a team worth their salt. Like, I don't really know if I'm hell call me yellow light lad. Sure. Why not? I got my yellow marker here to prove it, but like, I'm not, I'm not making a, I saw people talking about, didn't you, didn't you post what's Terrell Owens doing right now? Like, dog, oh, come trolling. on. I was trolling. Come on. That wasn't serious. <laughs> that was Terrell not- Owens. Talk about Chattanooga. That's a UTC legend right there, but come on, man. Just joking, man. Just joking. Just feeding into it. Honestly, at this point, I was- that's all. That's, that's what you love to do. Yeah. I mean, you, you see, you see the pot boiling and Mark, here comes Mark Gunnels just. <laughs> Well, I was surprised. Let's get can we get can we address your tweet before the game? Like that was such uncharacteristic of you. Like I was shocked it's called, when I saw it's that. Called a, it's called a post on X, by the way. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not used to you posting on X saying things like that. Like that was very, very bold of you, I would say. Uh, I mean, you you got ratioed pretty badly. <laughs> uh, if y'all are not familiar, I I, I took to X couple hours before the game and posted a few words. It said, Eagles win big, just a hunch. Really nothing crazy. I didn't think that that was going to cause as big of a stir as, yes, as it did. did but you know Mark, it Mark, here's the truth, right? Like, both these teams are coming off a bye. But Kansas City had not been playing well going into the bye week, offensively specifically. Like, the defense played their ass off once again. And we'll get into the defense a little bit later, what they've been able to do, what they were able to do once again against uh philadelphia but like it i didn't think that that was i didn't think that that was that bold of a take maybe i if i would have tweaked anything i probably wouldn't say win big obviously like some people really that was the part if you were to just say eagles win you wouldn't have got the pushback as much as you did the fact you said win big that's that's what it was any and you know what i learned from this I'll I'll take my medicine because I don't think I was completely wrong, but obviously I wasn't completely right. You know what I learned from this? Kansas City's defense is too good for them to get blown out. No matter how bad the offense is, no matter – I mean, it could be me and you out there running routes. Like, Kansas City's defense is going to keep them in games whether the offense wants to participate or not. Like, the Eagles did not play particularly well. And I think a big part of why I sent that message pregame is – I thought that Philly was going to come out with their A game. I thought Sirianni was going to be stirring all offseason on the loss. I thought that they were going to come out. I also thought Jalen would look a little bit better. He still seems to be hampered by whatever, a knee injury or something. But, like, I thought Philly was going to bring their A game. To me, both these teams kind of brought their B or C game, and Philly just made a few more plays down the stretch, and Kansas City couldn't hold on to the ball. That's another reason why I'm not completely overreacting to what happened in the wide receiver room. Like, These were two of the best teams in the league who played pretty much an even game for three quarters. Yes, both sides made mistakes, but uh, eventually Philly made enough plays to win the game. If I'm KC, I'm not. I'm not too worried. I'm yellow light. Okay, well, let's see. Are you are you yellow light on this topic? Because I feel like we have to discuss this. It would be we're going to be doing our job if we did not. I think you may know where I'm going with this one. Travis Kelsey, the Swifty himself. I hate this thing. I really do. I hate the fact that it really is a narrative and it's been a thing. I don't know. I can't explain it. When Taylor Swift is not there, this man does not play good, bro. It's it's really the most mind-boggling thing because you've been playing elite your whole entire career before she even got into the picture. But here's what I really want to talk about. Because people are really talking about this on national networks and everything today. And he came out a few days ago talking about he's thinking about retirement more than he's ever had before. He's had all these surgeries. Obviously, him and Taylor with the love stuff going on. Do, do you honestly think he is distracted? That's been the question that everybody's asking today. Do you think there's something to that? How am I supposed to answer that, Mark Gunnels? From the From the... <laughs> From a podcast mic behind my laptop here on Thanksgiving break. Like, I I don't know. He didn't have a good game. I don't think that's anything that we can debate. He did not play well. 
He did not play to his so standards. Do you think he's at least has he has he taken a step back? Do you, do you think he's starting his age is starting to show and he's starting to slow down a little bit? I mean, he's getting older. Yeah, and I thought you referenced the Wall Street Journal article that came out. Yeah, great, great timing on that for them to publish that right before right. Yeah. the the largest uh, Monday Night Football game since I believe 1996 is what the numbers showed. Yeah, 29 million viewers, most watched Monday Night Football game since 1996. Look, he didn't play well, man, and I like that, especially on that drop on third down on that penultimate drive. You know, they go right back to him on the fourth down. He picks it up. The fumble, like we talked about leading up, I mean, it was a forced fumble. Great play. Um, Andy Reid gave him a look that I don't think I've ever seen Andy Reid give in my time covering the team. So, obviously not. Obviously, like, people are noticing a difference in his play. And and even in training camp, he was fired up, man. He was in a couple of skirmishes. I remember him sending out a post on X saying, hey, got to be a better teammate, got to be more locked in. Would it? surprise me if a guy that was in Argentina and then Germany and then Denver and has number one podcast in the world and is dating a superstar, would it surprise me if he's not fully locked in on football? No, it would not. But I don't think it's completely fair for us to get on these mics week after week and say, oh my gosh, he's not the normal Travis Kelsey. He's not the guy that like, yeah, he's getting older. Yeah, guys are are, are adjusting to him. Also, he set the standard mark to a point to where like if he drops one pass, you uh, people jump down his throat immediately. Like it, it, the bar is so high, unless he wins a Super Bowl ring every week, it's like, bro, you're distracted. It's like, what? <laughs> like, I don't yeah. think he had a good game. We can't. We obviously we can't say that he did have a good game, but I'm 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 yellow light on us saying Travis Kelsey is done or whatever. The the, the quotes were extremely revealing. I, that to me is more interesting than anything that really happened on the field because that actually gives us a peek into his mind. He didn't, and he talked after the game for the first time in a very long time, which I thought was kind of crazy too. Like he hadn't talked post game all year. So the fact that he came out and said, even though it was for a minute or whatever, the fact that he came out and took responsibility, said, I need to play better. We as an offense need to figure this out. Like it shows that while he may be not at his peak, you know, he's still mentally there. He's still bought in. I mean, the, 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 he's still the heartbeat and the pulse of what they, what they do offensively. Yeah, and I agree. It, I we just had to ask the question. Well, I had to ask you at least. I mean, the guy is still on pace for about a hundred catches, a little over a thousand yards, and about eight touchdowns. I mean, you know, it, it would be down from last year. And not to mention, he did miss a game. Let's not forget about that. He he did miss a game as well. So, yeah, I'm I'm not concerned there at all. I, I just think the big thing is nobody is fearful of anybody on the outside whatsoever. So I think he's getting a lot more coverages rolled to him. Guys are beating him up. And like you said, he's had a couple of knickknack injuries this year and he's older, obviously. And it's just a lot of wear and tear on his body. I mean, we got, we got to remember not only has this guy playing every single game in a regular season, they're making deep playoff runs every year too. So that's another added on three or four games pretty much every year over the last five seasons. So that's just a lot, man. It's a lot, a lot of wear and tear on his body. And somebody else on the outside has to step up. I do think Rasheed Rice needs more designed targets. I, I just think him having the ball in his hands. We saw how electric he is and getting yak. I mean, he put Darius Slay on the ground. I know, did you see that move? Ankle still might be on the ground. He put that boy in the dirt. So I, I just love him in the open field because he seems to never go down on first contact. So I do think that needs to be an emphasis moving forward, man. But you don't think teams fear uh, 24 out there on the outside? Oh, <laughs> uh, you talking about uh, what's it, uh, Sky Moore? Is that his name? Is that his name? I feel like they are going to try and establish the run because Antonio Pierce comes across as like this old school, old school style coach. Yeah, uh, like you know, like big man football. That's what we want to play. And yeah, I, I feel like that's what we're going to try and do. And I, I think it's a good plan against this this Chiefs defense. I do, I do feel like establishing the run and getting some success on the, in the run game may enable you to open up the pass game. I think if teams come out passing against the Chiefs, I think that's where you're going to get down wanting. Mm. And that's not to say the Chiefs run defense is bad because it has been okay, but it hasn't been really, really tested throughout an entire game yet. And I feel like the Raiders are one of those teams 
They just want to play an old school style of football game and they just want to run the ball down the Chiefs' throats. And I think that's what their plan will be against this team. On the other side of the ball, the Chiefs have to worry about Max Crosby. It's oh, yeah. He is an absolute monster. Ten and a half sacks so far this year. And he's always seemed to play well against the Chiefs. Uh, to be honest, I think he plays well against anyone. I, he, for me, is like the the next guy in the tier of defensive ends. So like you look mm-hmm. at defensive ends, and you probably say, right, number one, two, and three are Michael Parsons, TJ Watt, and Miles Garrett. Like, yeah. They're, they're the, the, the three. Uh, you can argue that Michael Parsons is an outside linebacker, not typically a defensive end. But yeah, you could you would say that those three are the best edge guys in the NFL. Then I would put Max Crosby like right there behind them yeah. in that fourth and fifth spot. He is that good. He's a game wrecker. Like he's the type of player I'd love to have in Kansas City. Like to have that. He reminds me a bit of like Tamba Harley, Justin Houston, that type, that style, that those pure like edge rushing, pass rushing guys that can just like destroy a game, just single handedly destroy yeah. a game. That's why I see Max Crosby. So we're going to have to account for them or him rather. And when you've got tackles that aren't playing particularly well in the, like the Chiefs and giving away penalties, then I think that could could be a, a problem area for the Chiefs. So I'm looking for the Chiefs to also establish the run. I, I think this, this is going to be one of those games where both teams just run, run, run the football. I actually think it's going to be a relatively low scoring affair as well because yeah. I think the offense, the passing offenses of both teams have issues. And so I think they're going to lean into their strengths. And that is the offensive lines and the running game. And that's where I expect the Chiefs to be. And it's where I expect the Raiders to be as well. Yeah, it's interesting you saying that about the uh, the, the, the running game. The rushing yards per game for the uh, for the Raiders is, they're actually 31st at the minute. I mean, and you expect it obviously to be higher because obviously J- uh, Jacobs is, is one of those running backs that is, highly revered isn't he but they've only just kind of started like you said going to that running game a lot more haven't they in the last few games so mm-hmm. yeah you look at Josh Jacobs for the last two of the last three games yeah was his highest running totals for the entire season exactly the rush. like you look at the early early season part of the season he's again like 58 62 yards 35 48 yards a game in in the last I'll, I'll take away Sunday's game against the Dolphins but but two of, two of the last three games he's rushed for 98 and 116 yeah so, so they're, they're clearly, they're clearly trying there. to unleash him aren't they yeah. yeah that's what they're trying to do and under this new regime they're, they're yeah. clearly trying to unleash him um but their rushing yards against per game on the defensive side is pretty poor as well so it could be a, it could be a point where you said that Checo might be one of those where he, it might be one of those games where he really goes off um, because this Raiders defense outside of maybe uh, obviously the defensive line, but uh, the secondary from what I've seen already, hasn't been. Well, Marcus Pierce Marcus well, is getting a lot, of, a lot of stick this week from Raiders fans and Raiders yeah. because apparently I didn't see this myself, but apparently there was incidents of him giving up on place and jogging on the oh, field. Really? <laughs> yeah. I believe the seen. Swedish call it yarging. Um, <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, uh, that doesn't surprise me to hear that. Uh, That's that strange, that isn't Marcus it? Peter's taking yeah. plays off. Yeah, it's I've, I've ne- you almost never see him do that. <laughs> yeah, he didn't do that for Kansas City, did he? No, 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 um, no. He didn't. He didn't make business decisions, did he? Um, <laughs> just making sure that he didn't get hurt. No, no. Yeah, I mean, fair play to him if he wants to do that against the Chiefs. I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah, um, there you go, MVS. You're going to get an uncontested pass. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait! You had that on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> so I think what we've kind of established here, they obviously the Raiders are on this. I would say they're on an up, upward trajectory now from what they were at the beginning of the season mm-hmm. because of the new regime. So I'm expecting it to be a bit more of a dogfight in this. I, I'm not. Yeah. I, I think with the the Chiefs' offense spluttering as the way it has been, I think again this could be. <laughs> We've mentioned it before. It could be a get-right game <laughs> if we can get the offense clicking. But the Raiders are on, are pretty much, you know, they're they're putting up their uh, they're putting up a fight with a lot of these these teams at the minute. And mm. I'm expecting the same same kind of uh, you know up tempo Raiders team that we haven't been used to at the start of the season, especially but, in Vegas. Well, exactly, yeah, up tempo. Um, like, and I can't imagine a scenario where the Chiefs are going to do what they did last year with the spinny round huddle. Like no, I can't, no. the Chiefs aren't good enough to do that. Like you can do that when you're playing well. It's it's but almost like a read the room moment, isn't it? 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Read the room. Don't be doing that right now. Yeah, imagine if they did, and then someone dropped. A oh God! I mean, that's it's not the time right now to do that. That that right. kind of fancy, is it? Because we played really well in Vegas since they've moved there, and we're like, we've won. Every, I think three times in a row we've won there, haven't we? So, yeah. um, we do play well in Vegas, and but the the offense always puts on a little bit of a show. Maybe it's because they're in Vegas. That's why they want to put on a show. Oh yeah, I, I don't feel think the Chiefs' offense is going to go that way on on Sunday. I think it's going to be right. Let's get our business done and get out of here with a win as quick as we can. I think I've learned from the Broncos game not to be overly confident or cocky, um, because we were really laughing at the Broncos, weren't we, in that podcast? Oh no, no, we absolutely need to carry on being cocky and arrogant because that's what makes us as good as we are at podcasting. But it, but at the same time. At this moment, we need to have a little bit of perspective and maybe rein it back a bit because we just did lose a game that we absolutely should have won. But yeah. that's not to say that the cocky, arrogant side of our podcast isn't going to come back because it will. Like, we've got to face the Chargers again. We've got to face the Patriots. We've got some teams that we are absolutely going to batter. We've got to face yeah. the Bills. We've got to probably face the Bills in the playoffs, maybe. You know what happens there when we play them in the playoffs? We beat them. So, yeah, the, the cockiness and the arrogance will be back, but it's just taking a... Just a just a wee break, just a short break this particular week. Taking a bit of the shine off for now, aren't we? We're just letting yeah. it get a bit dull for a bit. Yeah. Rain it in. Just rain, rain it in a little bit. And then unleash it again next week. And then we'll be like Nick Sirianni. Yeah, but we can because we're podcasters, not NFL head coaches. We can yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, predictions for this game. The Chiefs are going to win 50 nil. No, I'm <laughs> That's the first half. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the Chiefs will win this game. They're nine and a half point favourites as it stands. I do think they're going to win. Nine and a half? Yeah, After... no, I think that's generous. That's generous, I believe. That is really generous. Um, yeah, so uh, the Chiefs, the Chiefs, I think, will win this game. Um, I think they'll win it by a touchdown. Yeah. And I think they're going to win 27-20. Right. Yeah. I've got it a bit closer. I've gone for Chiefs 21, Raiders 17. Okay, that's the score that the Eagles beat us by on Monday. Yeah, it is. Um, I just think, I think the Raiders might just hang around like a bad smell like we've been used to. I can't imagine that the Chiefs get to 21 because 21 tells me there's no field goals kicked and I think the Chiefs will move the ball fine on Sundays whether they can score in the red zone. And I can't imagine they're only going to have three trips downfield. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think Harrison Bucker will have a couple of things to say in this game. And, yeah, I, uh, I think a bit lower points there. But I hope yeah. I hope it's not just field calls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that, mate. That's, uh, uh, that, uh, that's been a good chat, I would say. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we do it every week. Uh, let's uh, we try to move on to the uh, to the Raiders, and when the Chiefs have the it's Raider week, when the Chiefs have the ball, this still to me is bigger than the Raiders, and I, I think it, to the point you just made about them them being able 
to win a championship. I still think that is all there. But offensively, I think that this should be the 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 kind of line in the sand here. Because listen, they played the Eagles and they played them well and they should have won the game. They shot themselves in the foot repeatedly and lost the game to what is looked at to be the best team in football. And they they gotta they've got to walk away believing they lost that game and not that the Eagles won it. And for me, it's just got to be it. Like, look, our offense is just not going to be what we are accustomed to it being, even with having Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. So to me, they have to change their mindset on how they play. And it's even got to start on Sunday against the Raiders. To me, the mindset moving forward, and we've seen a lot of offenses with this, and it should be a little bit better because you have, you know, the quarterback and a great weapon. But the offense should be, how can we get to 20? How can we get to 20? And how can we get to 20 without killing our defense? How can we get to 20 without just turning the ball over and setting up our defense to fail? How can we get to 20 with, without screwing things up and leaving countless numbers of points on the field because we turn the ball over in the red zone as much. That's got to be like, to me, field goals, we got to take them. Like, well, I'm just saying they've got to look at this different because I think the chiefs can beat, can hold almost every team in the league under 20. If you, if, if the, if the offense doesn't, the offense or special teams doesn't screw them and doesn't put them in short fields, doesn't turn the fall. The Denver Broncos, they got five turnovers. Three of, two or three of them started in the red zone, and they scored 24, right? Like, they get, like, if you just don't screw them up, and that's got to be what the Chiefs can do. Because, they, I mean, the hell, the Chiefs had to score against the Dolphins defensively to get that win, but they hold them down. They hold the Eagles down. Like, if you can just not screw it up, and if the Chiefs on those drives, they turn the ball over, just kick field goals, they win the game, and they demoralize, and it brings it down even further, and it brings it down even further where it's just points going to – that's how they have to operate now because, as you said, and we can agree on this, hey, listen, man, I I, I can't keep I, – I, I've, I've reached the point of just, all right, man, I, Andy and Pat will figure it out. They're not figuring this out. What they need to do is change this thing around, whether that is BK and, and sort of, all right, we're going to use Pacheco more than we thought. We're going to screen more than we thought. We're going to really use uh, uh, Kelsey and try to really exploit matchups like that. We're going to do that just to move the ball and so we don't turn it over and get points. Like instead of saying, hey, we're going to put 30 on somebody today, can we get to 20? Because if we get to 20, we'll probably win. And I just think starting Sunday against the Raiders, they got to change the way that they approach offense because this this don't work. So much of what is going on right now with the Chiefs is just a simple like, hey, did you commit turnovers? Were there penalties? Did you end up allowing a set? Like, it's the little things, man. If they just fix the little things you're not going to become this explosive offense that's putting up 30 again that that's not on in the cards this year but like, you don't people, have to to win the super bowl totally agree that people need to understand that the bar for this team is not what the bar was for previous mahomes led chiefs teams because when you have a defense that right now is third in the league in points per drive allowed and that's including some of the games early on where they struggled a little more than they have lately like you you have much more room for error. So if you can get this offense just to being like the 10th best in the league, where you're scoring 24, 26 points a game, I'm not you're fine. Much. And the way that you get there is what you said, Ron. Eliminate the turnovers. Stop these stupid penalties. If you stop beating yourself, other teams I don't think can beat you. So it really just comes down to that. Can they do that against the Raiders? Can they stop going out there and committing two, one, five, two, one, two, two, three, one turnovers? Can you go out there and stop committing 67 penalties, which is what they've had so far this season offensively for 555 yards? If you do that, you're going to be fine. If you can't eliminate that stupid mental error, those stupid mental errors, 
then you're going to be a team that ends up getting booted out of the playoffs. And we're going to remember this the way that we did 2021, where significant changes have to be made. Yeah, it's at this point with the offense, it's it's just don't put the defense in bad positions. Yep, like don't just blow it. That, that that's literally it. Like we have seen enough from this Chiefs defense. This Chiefs defense can win you games. Like the Cleveland Browns have Dorian Thompson Robinson, and even when Deshaun Watson was in the lineup this year, he was terrible. They haven't had a good quarterback or really a very functional offense all season long. Their defense is so good that their defense is winning them games. The Pittsburgh Steelers, who have been outgained in every game this season offensively because their offense is that bad, still have a winning record, still have a significant chance at the playoffs because their defense wins them games. Like It's just a change in philosophy where you just can't hurt the defense now. And so the days of dropping 35 points are probably out the window this season. And that, that sucks. I love points. I love offensive games and I want to see touchdowns, but that's probably not the recipe for success for the chiefs this year. Like the, the recipe for success is get to 25 plus points wherever you can. However you can don't turn the football over. Don't put the defense in negative positions on the field. That's it. Like that. That's it. That's your recipe for winning games. And that's a recipe for success in the postseason too, especially when you have Patrick Mahomes and he can go out there and make magic happen. Like we've seen teams win Super Bowls that way. So there's nothing wrong with committing to that. They just need to actually lean into it and say like, that's what has to start. No turnovers. But it's going to be a change for, for everybody and not everybody, but the, the guys, that are in control, Andy, Pat, in particular, like you got to say, I've, I've got a field goal. I'm going to get, I'm going, I'm at the very, you got the best kicker in the game who hasn't missed. I am going to get a field goal at least out of this. Going to, I'm going to get a field goal. I'm going to tag it up because y'all are talking about 24, 25 points. Hey, boss. They haven't eclipsed 19, but once in the last five. Andy, Andy did it with Alex. Just, just be like, hey, remember all those years you played with Alex Smith? Like you coach Alex Smith when you sell for field goals all the time and frustratingly never go for it on fourth down? Just go back to that offense. By the way, just as an aside, this is why I didn't have an issue with them not going for it on fourth and four late in that game. I, I know that a lot of people were very frustrated by that decision. I get it. You want them to be aggressive there. The offense had shown you nothing all day long to believe that they were going to get fourth and four. Now the punt sucked. They ended up getting the touchback and you gained like 15 yards out of it. But um, I, I thought it was the absolute correct decision because you're basically putting the ball in your better unit's hands. You're trying to to pin them deep. And that's the kind of decision-making that a defense first, like Ravens, Steelers type of a team, that's what they would do in that spot. And yep. frankly, that's who you are, man. And it's time for it. some self-awareness by us as Chiefs fans as to what we're watching on a weekly basis. Yes, this team has Patrick Mahomes. Treat it as if they have Kenny Pickett. Because that's what these receivers are making him into is basically like the Kenny Pickett of the Chiefs. So rely on your defense in a significant way. Punt when you need to. Kick the field goals when you need to. Every drive that ends in a kick for this Chiefs offense, I can't believe we're saying it. Like That's a good drive now. But you don't have to downgrade. It, 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 it ain't got to be Kenny Pickett. I mean, this has got to be early Tom Brady. And I think that that's what Pat has to do. Is Tom Brady would not he's not turning it over in the red zone. We get in the red and zone. And it's disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's early time. Like, and I'll play towards it. And and I, I just think they've got to do that. Like I'm telling you, man, you give me a couple of give me a couple of touch, give me a touchdown drive in, in each half, a couple field goals. Like that's that's probably gonna give you a shot. That is probably gonna give you a chance. And and, and that and like the two major things, and I'll see uh, uh, what you guys think about this, and all of this to me starts. With uh, with 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 Sunday. By the way, they they need to run offense and do things not to allow that nut Max Crosby to ruin the game, because he he certainly is somebody that will that will attempt to and can do it. And the Chiefs have tackles that will allow him to be able to ruin this thing. Like this is an example. Like Andy, hey man, you just can't go five five man protection. Nope, you got to you got to keep somebody in. To help one of these jokers on the edge, you got to. But these are, and, I, and I'll let you get to. These are the two things to me: running the ball, and they have got to find a way. And Andy, if you're the best 
play designer I've ever seen. They have got to find a way to not allow teams to just completely take Travis Kelsey out. He's got to be involved. He and has the got thing, to... Go ahead. I thought they found something early on in that game where they were doing those like the double tight end motions early on, and they, they continued to do it in the second half. It just wasn't as effective. But I thought it kind of screwed with the Eagles and what they were trying to do defensively. It gave Kelsey a few free releases. I kind of liked what they were doing there, and it just eventually they found an answer for it. But I'm totally with you. They got to find a way to get him involved consistently through with this offense. I don't know how you do it, but that's what Andy Reid is paid here to do, is to figure out what those answers are. I said this last week. I continue to believe it. I would really like to see them get their best pass catcher involved, not named Travis Kelsey. And that guy last year um, was Jarek McKinnon. And he has basically done nothing for you lately. They asked him in the locker room earlier today, hey, is it about time for you to get more involved? And he said, that's a that's a question for the coaches. It's like, okay, well, that certainly sounds like a player that's ready to go. And he said, hey, whenever they're ready for me, I'll be ready to go. I would like to see them start utilizing him more often. And Ron, one thing we don't see a whole lot of around the NFL anymore, but maybe this is something the Chiefs could whip out is, man, put two running backs in the backfield. Like use both of those guys with Pacheco and McKinnon back there on the side of Patrick Mahomes take off one of the receivers that's clearly not doing anything for you anyways. And you got at least an extra pass protector in there. McKinnon's great at that. Pacheco's gotten a lot better at it. And worst case scenario, you've got a guy in McKinnon who can also help you with the routes. So I'd like to see them get those guys more involved in the passing game as well. Yeah, that limits the production out of the receivers. I don't care at this point. We've seen what they can do. So that, those would be a few of the adjustments that I'd like to yeah. see from Andy Reid. Well, I, I mean, I actually like some of the wrinkles of, putting Kadarius Tony in the backfield and, and using him in the run game. Clyde got his two carries for 20 yards, which actually he wasn't, he wasn't bad. That, that, that never happened again, Clyde but that's sick, right? Clyde, Clyde bulking up. He looks like Mike Colbert. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, that Clyde looked a little thick. I think, I think the weight's good for him. I think it looks like Maurice him. Jones drew in that suit. Um, <laughs> but, but no, I mean, I, I think I got to run the football and I don't want to hear it anymore. Like, the, the, the Eagles, and, and we talked about it, and I said I felt like they had to run it last week, and, and you guys were, were rightfully by the numbers, like nobody runs on them. Well, the Chiefs did. Yep. Somehow the damn Chiefs did. And 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 to me kind of stopped or stopped themselves uh, with, with penalties. But they ran with that offensive line. Uh, they were able to run. So you can run the football, and I think that also helps the pass rush and maybe helps receivers. Uh, and helps the things with Travis as well. So I just, I just, I, I think they got to change their whole mindset. And I think it starts uh, in this game on Sunday. Let's talk about a couple of those guys, though, um, because there's, we can all kind of pick a dude and say, this guy should play more, this guy should play less. I think you said it there. Like the only, the only person in that wide receiver room that Chiefs fans universally trust, oddly enough, is the rookie. Rasheed Rice, which I wouldn't have guessed from uh, before this season. Sky Moore, I think, had a catch tonight. He his snaps have stayed relatively consistent. Kadarius Tony looked like he had some juice in the return game. Ultimately, I think a lot of this is about trust. Who does Andy Reid trust? Who does Patrick Mahomes trust? And if the answer is not really anybody, how do you go about kind of? make cut off in there somewhere and just like these are our three guys these are our four guys when in the eyes of reed and mahomes and the people who are making these decisions there really isn't any line of separation between that bunch yeah i think you trust hartman like um he knows he knows the offense in and out um i think he can just be that gadget guy that runs your jet sweeps um stretches the field i honestly feel like if he runs that same route that that um MVS ran yesterday that you probably have a touchdown um in, with, with, with McCall Hardman in that same position. So I think Hardman and, and Rasheed Rice, but like you said, Nick, it is it's really hard because nobody really has separated themselves. But I don't think anyone has really been given a, a true legit chance to separate themselves because when you make a good catch, you see it, they going right to the sideline. For somebody else to come in and, and and take them out the game because the next package doesn't include them, and I think it just 
we I don't think the Chiefs and, and the coaching staff is giving the receivers enough chance to really separate themselves. Sorry, Nate, go ahead. Did you have something on this as well? Well, yeah, I was going to say, I think we actually have seen the Chiefs already start to do this. Like, Skymore snaps for two straight weeks after that Denver game have fallen kind of, like, dramatically. And he's barely a part of the offense anymore. I think we're going to see the same thing with MVS. I really don't want to kill MVS too much. Like, I, I, it was a bad drop. It was a brutal drop. It happens. But we clearly see, like, the trust between he and Mahomes is also dissipating. So, like, I remember talking about earlier in the season that you kind of had to add a hierarchy. You kind of had to kind of take, you know, pieces off the chessboard a little bit. Kind of feels like the Chiefs are almost there now because I think that the MVS kind of role is going to start diminishing more. And Sky Moore's role is already diminished. So that kind of leaves you limited in options at this point. That leaves you with, like, Watson, Hardman, Tony, uh, Richie James when he comes back, and Rasheed Rice. So I think we're already almost getting there at this point with kind of this lesser hierarchy. Maybe it needs to happen even more, but I think we're finally starting to kind of reach that point. All right, Nate, let's just stick with you because, spoiler alert, I'm going to come back to this wide receiver room as well for my key to the game. Uh, I don't know what yours is yet, so if we're going three for three, I don't think there's any problem there. But what do you got for this one, Nate? Well, I'm going to talk about wide receiver. I'm going to talk about one on the Raiders. We're going to talk about Devontae Adams. Um, we know how good Devontae Adams is, right? I think everybody remembers, I believe that was week four last year, either week four or week five when he came into Arrowhead, and he just went crazy. He had, like, I believe he had, like, 170 yards and two touchdowns. And honestly, I remember at that point being like, oh, wow, like, the Raiders have a chance to be really good. But that was before we all kind of figured out their problems. But, you know, the Chiefs, like, Legereus Sneed, I, I don't have the stat in front of me, but I know Field Yates tweeted it earlier about, like, the guy, number one wide receivers the Chiefs have faced. They've stopped all of them. A.J. Brown had eight yards last night. They did a great job against Justin Jefferson, Calvin Ridley, Amon Ross St. Brown. Devonta Adams is just another challenge for that. And the Raiders, they don't have a lot of other good offensive personnel, so they force-feed Devonta Adams the ball a lot. And for the Chiefs, it's just going to be a challenge. To, you know, can you stop him? I, I feel confident about it. Jerry Steen and Trent McDuffie are excellent corners, but I think that's where it kind of starts and ends with the Raiders' offense because if you stop Devonta Adams, they don't really have a lot of other answers to kind of move the ball in any capacity. Yeah, the, what, one thing that's been funny about the Raiders, uh, this 2 and one stretch under Antonio Pierce, is that the offense continues to be one of the worst in the NFL. Uh, frankly, like, I don't know exactly what it, what went into the decision to move to Aiden O'Connell, but I, I'd be hard-pressed to believe Jimmy Garoppolo for a team that's playing good football. And they've got some things going. They've got some momentum. Going, they've got some confidence going. <laughs> Would it kill you to go back to Jimmy G knowing that he probably is the better bet at quarterback? But I think you're right, Nate. Like, if you want to just talk about this defense as a whole, like there's no reason why they shouldn't continue to look like one of the most dominant groups in the NFL against the Raiders offense, because as much has been made about them kind of turning their season around or getting some mojo, the offense continues to be across the board in almost every major statistical category one of the worst units in the league. All right. Well, we're going back to the Chiefs offense. We didn't get off of it for very long, but my key for this game, and I'm looking at specifically what plagued the Chiefs versus the Eagles, which is the second half offense, the worst in the NFL. We've talked a lot about confidence. We've talked a lot about trust. When you get to these division games, and we always say the cliches of, you know, throw the records out the window, weird things can happen, et cetera, et cetera. Like the whole idea that a win's a win, I don't really think applies in this game because this team is getting ready for a really bull stretch of games to end the season. And this wide receiver group desperately needs to get some confidence going. And I do think that for this unit, coming off that game where MVS has got to be frustrated after that one, Justin Watson has to be really frustrated after that one. I would love to see those guys get involved to the point where they're, they're, they're able to put that game behind them. And it's not something that's casting this dark cloud over Arrowhead for the next two months. I, when I look, you look at the, the second half, if, if the Chiefs would have won that game, like Isaiah Pacheco could have very easily been the story from last night's game and the way this team was running the ball in the first half 
And I wonder, I think we said this before the Vikings game. I, I wonder if you can't get this guy more involved. Even if Andy Reid says, you know what? I'm Andy Reid. I've been doing this for 20 years past football. Everybody's told me to run the ball more. Every single stop I've had every single season. That's not who I am. That's not how I build offenses. That's fine. Watching Isaiah Pacheco run in the first half. I, I don't know the decisions that go into, you know, the third down back. And maybe we don't like him as much on pass protection. Maybe we just don't like him as much as a runner. Seeing what Isaiah Pacheco can do in the open field. Like, do you think maybe we could get him a, just, just a little more involved in the passing? I'm not asking you to turn him into Austin Eckler. Okay. Or Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara. But can we get this guy maybe a, a few more looks in the passing game? Because if we're just trying to determine the pecking order, we may not be able to, to distinguish a hierarchy in the wide receiver room, but I can do it with offensive playmakers. And aside from Travis Kelsey and maybe Rasheed Rice, and maybe you'd even put Pacheco, but like who else is up there above Isaiah Pacheco? And I think if you're getting to the point where you just understand, hey, this, is just, this receiver room's not it. There isn't a guy that's going to break out in the second half of the season and become a trustworthy candidate as a pass catcher. Why not get a guy you do trust and you do believe in a little bit more involved? I'd be interested to see Isaiah Pacheco become a more featured player in this offense, just knowing, like we would all agree, right? He is one of your three best playmakers that you have on the roster. Yeah, I would definitely say it's, it's I was looking at the stats yesterday, just, I mean, running backs in the passing game, period, hasn't really um, been where I think that that it should be. Um, I, I think they, you know, from from McKinnon to to Pacheco, but I think you you got You got to get the ball in his hands. Um, the averaging that, he, that that he's doing, running the ball. Um, I think the interior of the Chiefs' offensive line is still the strength of the offensive line, and and, and allowing them to run behind the Tooney Creed and Trey Smith. I just Isaiah Pacheco needs to touch the ball more in this style of offense and and where we're at. That is, in my opinion, a major solution to what the Chiefs are going to have to lean into to find continued success. Get your defense going the way that it's going and lean into that run and 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 go with it that way. So I, I agree, Nick. Yeah, I you know what I kind of was thinking about? I think they almost have to kind of play like the end of the Patriots run with Brady. I think they kind of have to play like those teams because – at the end of the run there, like Belichick like famously did a terrible job surrounding Brady with wide receivers, but they were still able to compete for Super Bowls because, to their credit, they did just lean into the run game more and playing great defense. Why can't the Chiefs be their own version of that? Like, I, I don't think there's any reason why they aren't. They have one of the best defenses in the NFL, just like all those Patriots teams. They have an offensive line that's proven they can run the football. Just lean into it. Be the Patriots. There's no reason why you have to drop back a bunch in every game. And, yeah, about Pacheco, Pacheco's been awesome this year. I really think he's been a tremendous player this year for the most part. And, yeah, let's get him going the ball on screen more. Like, I think we all saw that third down play last night with Jarek McKinnon. That looked rough. He did not look very explosive there. We all kind of know the issues with Clyde Edwards-Alaire at this point. Yeah, lean into Pacheco a little bit more. Get him going on some screens. Maybe get him some matches with some linebackers. Let's just try it out. Like, There's no reason why not to at this point. I think it's one of those situations, too, where – if you're Andy Reid, it's like, do I do I stick with what the game plan was for the season? Do I end it now and then I get crushed for it for not being resilient and not sticking with what the plan was versus do like do I feel like I'm panicking? Do I feel like I'm panicking by now saying, no, we're switching up our identity. We're gonna, you know, feature this offense around the run game. We're gonna feature it around one of the best player, but I do think, too, the idea that you talk about Jarek McKinnon not looking like he has juice. Jarek McKinnon is 31 years old. That is ancient. That's ancient for a running back, and especially a running back who missed virtually three seasons due to injuries. Like, the fact that he's been able to have the season he did last year and still, like, uh, key contributor, if that may be a little bit strong, for a really good team. Like, that's a, that's a success in and of itself for a player at that position. Isaiah Pacheco is 24 years old, guys. Like, you want fresh legs? You want juice. You want a guy who can maybe bring a level of explosiveness that you don't get anywhere else on this offense. Like He's your guy. You don't have very far showing it to you almost on a weekly basis.
Okay, so the Raiders this week, they're going to play again, I think, in four weeks. So we'll get to see this team twice over the next month or so. Let's get to game predictions. Nate, why don't you start us off? How do you see this one going? Yeah, I am a subscriber to new coach theory. I think that's what the Raiders have been kind of living off of the last two, three weeks since Josh McDaniels got fired. I still don't think this team's very good. I know they just competed with Miami last week, and they deserve a lot of credit for that. But at some point, that formula kind of starts to run out for me. So for me, I think that the Chiefs come back and they just bounce back well. I think they're going to be mad. I think they're going to be motivated. I don't think the Raiders are a good team. I don't see any chance they can even keep up with an average Chiefs offense at this point. And I think the Chiefs are going to have a balanced back performance offensively. We're going to get a better Travis Kelsey game. We've had kind of a quiet month for him since that last Chargers game. So I'm going to predict the Chiefs blow the Raiders out. I'm going to go 27 to 6. I think that is going to be a kind of a cruising game, a good kind of end to your Thanksgiving weekend. I'm confident. I don't think that, like, we've seen the Chiefs when they have some bad spots that next week, they always look very good. I'm not worried about the, any, you know, I'm not worried about the Raiders being able to keep up with us or necessarily stop us. So I'm picking Chief Blah in this game. I feel really good about their chances. I like where we're at. The vibes are, the vibes we're about here, guys. The vibes, they're, they're starting to trend upward. <laughs> Maurice, keep it going. What do you got for this one? Um, I, I, I'm kind of with Nate on here. I'm not going to probably go with a bigger blowout as Nate with, but I do feel like the Raiders are not good. You know, sometimes you get the new coach, you win a couple of games in a row, the team is fired up. Um, They come out and they play really hard. But then at some point, reality sets back in. And I think the reality is um, outside of Devontae Adams and, and Josh Jacobs, the Raiders really don't have anything else that you have to even worry about. Um. And I, I think that the Chiefs defense is going to rattle the Raiders quarterback all game long uh, and, and, and put him in bad position. So Chiefs offense, I think, will do enough. I think they'll get back in the, in the, in the 20 rounds. So I'm going to say 24-13. I think the Raiders kick up a field goals, probably get one touchdown late. And I'll, I'll go with 24-13 Chiefs. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after each game to unpack exactly what happened. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe. Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks. It can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta. From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond... The world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, The Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts.